This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. All right, everyone. Parshas Vayetze 5784. The Pusik we're going to talk about, the Pusik that this is all based on, is Perchav Test Pusik Chav Hey. Okay, this is after Yaakov Vinu tells Lavan who he wants to marry. He wants to marry Rachel. You have the seven years going. Vayiba Bokir. It was the morning. Vinehi Leah. It's Leah. Vayomo Lavan. And he said to Lavan, Mazos Asisili. What is this that you did to me? I worked for Rachel. That's what I did these past seven years for. Lavan Rimi Sonny. Why did you trick me like this? Right? Those are the words of Yaakov, you know, and then Lavan gives the famous answer back, which eventually I'll spend some time on, which is, we don't do that here. We don't marry the younger one off before the older one. Maybe in your land, Yaakov, the younger one takes the brachos before the older one, or buys the bachora, but over here we do the older one first. And that was the idea, that's what Lavan said back. But from the wording of the Pasuk, the wording over here, it sounds like Yaakov knew the whole time it was Rachel, and behold, it's Leah. What does that mean exactly? Obviously, obviously, it was Leah the entire time. So what does it mean that all of a sudden it became Leah? So Targum Yonason says, the entire night, Yaakov thought he was with Rachel Imenu. Only in the morning did he see her clearly and realize that it was Leah. The reason why, and famously, as everybody knows, he gave Rachel Simonim. And those Simon were given to her so that he wouldn't have to worry about Lavan tricking him. As he said, I am his brother when it comes to trickery, and that's that. But she, out of concern for her sister, that she was going to be terribly embarrassed, she ended up giving Leah all of the Simonim. It's also brought by the Gemara Megillah, Yud Gemom Abez, Baba Basra, Kufchav Gemom and Aleph. This is something that's super obvious, and we all know, right, it's something that's brought up. That's Targum Yonas and Menuzil. Rechaim says the Gemara calls this Tznias, and not just Chesed. It's the Tznias of Rachel. Because she didn't go around telling people what she did. She didn't go around saying, I didn't want my sister to be embarrassed, and therefore this is what I did. She just did what she did. She was quiet, and that's that. Rashi brings this as well. The Rashbam explains that the word Hine refers to something that wasn't there before, such as Vihine Chalom. Oh my gosh, that was a dream. I thought it was real, but it's not. It's just a dream. Vinei Leah, Leah, Mamish means he had no idea it was her. So that's all. Targum Yonas and Menuzio, Rashi, the Rashbam, and that's that. The Gurarie says something amazing over here. He says, Simonim Ardil Raisa. That means, if you want to give something back to someone else, and there's a simon on it, right, an object that was found, and there's a simon on it, it's Medial Raisa, it's a din from the Torah that you have to give it back. And that's how we paskin. And this would be considered like a simon muvhuk. The simonim that he gave Rachel would be like an absolute simon that would allow him to say this is definitely Rachel. Which means the following says the Gorariye. When Leah got the simonim from Rachel and gave them over to Yaakov, she was Rachel. This is not Leah pretending to be Rachel. A simon is Deal Raisa. A simon Mufok is for sure Deal Raisa. So when she said this Simonim, you can be so on that Ledina. And therefore it was. The Nachalas Yaakov also talks about this. But it's the same basic idea that this Mamish was Rachel. Only in the morning did it realize it was Leah with Rachel Simonim. That's the idea that the Gorariye says. And the Tamidah says it could be that after Yaakov heard her say over these Simonim, he was Maskim to marry 
Leah because he realized that she was also a Tzadikis even though he knew it wasn't Rachel itself. His only complaint was that he was tricked into doing it and he didn't happen on its own. Instead, it seemed like Lovin had to get him in a certain way and he said, therefore, Yaakov said to Lovin, what are you doing this for? I like Leah. It's not like I didn't want to marry, marry Leah. Leah is also a great person. She had the seam on him. She clearly is a great person. But why did you do it in this way? That was his only complaint, but not about Leah itself. That's the idea behind it that Rav Sternbach says for you. So all of that is the basic idea behind it. Now, Sechizkuni, yeah, Shlomo. We'll get to that. We'll get to, my gosh, there's so much here. that We're getting to that. I'm just going to have to say it in different words because there are kids that listen. Now, Chizkuni says, this tells us the Tzidkus of Yaakov Avinu, right? The absolute Tzidkus. He clearly had not spoken to Leah much the night of, or he would have obviously recognized her voice and known that it wasn't Rachel since he'd already been living in Lovin's house for the last seven years. If he talked to her on that night, he would have recognized the difference between Rachel and Leah's voice. And the Redak says, that's a great lesson in Sneas, right? How to be, during that time, not to be too talkative, and therefore he didn't know if it was Rachel or Leah. That's the idea that Hiskuni and the Redak both say is a lesson that we learn from right over here. Even the Sefer Agamatrius from Rabbi Yehuda Chosid says Leah pretended she was too embarrassed to answer. I'm sorry, Ari, it's about time. It was she was too embarrassed to answer, right? And that's why, right, Yaakov wouldn't recognize her voice. So there was an idea, like either Yaakovina was so tsunua that he never talked to these girls, he never talked to her on that night, or obviously Leah was too embarrassed, pretended like she didn't have her voice. That's an idea. Rukhain Kanievsky in Siachelio says that Leah and Rachel's voices were very similar. You should know, there's a big Shiloh about this. This is a Shiloh in Postman. How is a blind person allowed to be married? How does he know that the woman that he's with is actually his wife and not somebody else? How is that mutter? It's the same thing with a blind woman. How is she able to be married? So what's the answer, guys? What's the obvious answer? What would you say? How would a blind person be able to be married to somebody? Because the voice. You can recognize people, not only by their voice, but everything else with it, but for sure by the voice. You know people by their voices. Just the voices are there. And Friday night happens to be, I walked into Shaw, I went up to a person, I said, Shalom Aleichem, my name's Steve Zimmerman, and he recognized me by my voice, said he listened to my shirim. So that's one, at least I got one guy, right? But he said he recognized me by the shir and said, I know your voice. And that's how any person is like that. So says Siach Eliyahu, Says Rechaim Kanievsky, Rachel and Leah were not just sisters. They may have been twins. And if they were twins, there's a big shiloh because did they have the same mother or not? But either way, if they were twins, they may have even sounded alike and you couldn't tell the difference between the two of them. That's also brought by the Torah to Mima, who says the only difference between them was their looks because Leah began to cry a lot and therefore she lost the ability with her eyes. Her eyes were very puffy and red, etc. In every other way, they were completely the same. The party also says the exact same thing in the end. And that's how you couldn't tell the difference between between them. Okay, that's number, that, that's an idea. The Bechor Shore adds the same, and that it could be that instead of the way the Chizkuni says it, that he would have recognized Rachel's voice, it could be that during the past seven years, Yaakovinu never talked to Rachel and Leah in the house. He mamish couldn't tell the difference between Rachel and Leah by their voices. He never spoke to them. And that also shows the Tznius of Yaakovinu, that even though he knew that Rachel Eminu was his betrothed, he never spoke to her more than what he did seven years earlier, and obviously the seven years in between did not allow him to recognize that voice. Shalom, yeah. Yeah. It seems yes. 
It seems yes. If Leah was not Ifas Torah, Ifas Mara, which not all the Rishonim agree with. Some Rishonim say that Leah was much more beautiful than Rachel. But if that was it, then yes, the difference between them was the eyes because of that, and they were identical twins. Yes, if you say they were twins or sisters, then they would have been identical. Yeah, Shlomo. The other Shlomo. He never spoke to Rachel and Leah. He still would have heard them around the house. I, see, I, yes and no. Remember, they had different tents. Even later on, when Yaakovina was walking away, there was a tent of Rachel and a tent of Leah, a tent of Bill, a tent of Zilpah. So there were different tents. It makes sense that he never really was with them. Did the women and, eat, women and men eat together back then? I have absolutely no idea. Maybe they were Hasidish. I have absolutely Seven no clue. Years. Seven years. I agreed. I, 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 I don't think we're remember like. World back then and world now. It's not like, can you pass the salt ruggle? <gasps> it's not you. <laughs> I don't know if that's what it was back then. I just don't know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. During the day, right? During the days in the fields, right? And he even said there was Karach Balayla. He was there at night as well. You're right. He might not have been there. I mean, obviously, he came back for Thanksgiving dinner. That was without a question. But, you know, aside from that, when else? It could be that he, Mamish, had nothing to do with her. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. The Daz that came adds that all night long she pretended to be Rachel. She discussed the Simonim with Yaakov, which were, according to the Dasakanim, there were the halachos of Nida, Chala, and lighting candles in our Shabbos, the three mitzvahs that are designated for women, but we'll talk about that later on, right? But they talked about it. And therefore, even though Yaakov noticed that her voice was a little bit off, it could be that because she was talking about the Simonim so eloquently, it was like he was talking to Rachel, so he didn't even notice that the voice was off. That's a possibility. Then there's Yaakov Raveni that quotes a Medrash Eicha, Perichav Dalit, that when Rachel Imenu, Davin for Klai Yisrael, during the Korban, she mentioned she gave over to Simonim to Leah so she wouldn't be embarrassed. And here's what it says. Look at this Medrash. She even went into the room that they were in, Yaakov and Leah, and spoke to Yaakov herself so that Yaakov wouldn't recognize Leah by her voice. She stayed in the room, was underneath the bed, and used this line, and she said, look, yeah, look HaKadosh Baruch Hu, look what I was willing to do so that my sister wouldn't be embarrassed. And she used that to save all of Klai. So the Medrash seems to say that she was either under the bed or on the side, which she only did because she knew she had to save her sister. I don't know if this is proper in Derech Eretz. We do have a famous Gemara in Brachos toward the end, right, in the Samachs, right, with people hiding under beds to see how certain halachos worked or even going into bathrooms to see how halachos worked. However, my likelihood would be that Rachel Amin was able to escape after that. Otherwise, it would have been extremely Natsnias. I have absolutely no idea. Regardless, I'm just quoting what the measure says. So if somebody asks, why didn't he recognize her by the voice, we do have a bunch of different answers. Either, number one, Right? Yaakov was that snoor that he didn't speak to her, or she pretended that she couldn't talk, or their voices were super similar, or he never spoke to Rachel Leah during the previous seven years, or they discussed something so it got his mind off of that, or she was under the bed and Rachel spoke herself. All those are good answers. Hold off, guys. we got so many questions. I haven't even started. Give me some time, all right? I promise you, your questions will probably be answered. Probably. See, here's, here we go. The Dazakanim then quotes another Medrash. The Medrash says that all night long, while Yaakov and Leah were together, the men of the town, who were all in on the trick, 
They started singing outside of the room, and they were singing Olea, Olea, Olea. I have no idea what the song is. I assume it's Ole, 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 Ole. I assume that that was his, and that's clearly where the song comes from today, right? I assume that that's where it's from. When he woke up and he saw Leia, he understood what they were singing the night before. He was the only one literally in the dark. And yes, that was pun intended, right? He was the only one that absolutely had no idea that it was Leia. That's what the Tassikanim says. The Orachim Kadosh points out that the word he, in this passage, he Leia, vine he Leia, is spelled who? He Vav Aleph. And that hints to the Medrash that the men were involved telling him who it was, right? And obviously, Yaakovino had absolutely no idea what was going on. And now he understood what it's saying, and that's the Hine. All of a sudden, he's like, oh, now I get what they were saying. Hine, and the who refers to the men, even though it's obviously he. We read it as he, Leia, and that's the idea behind it, which is a crazy idea. The Orachim HaKadosh says that idea right over there. Now, now we get to the main part of the year, And again, I don't, don't think that I forgot your questions. Okay, I'll get to it. The Medrash Rabbah continues. That he says, it says he turned to her. Now in the Pasuk, it only says, it says he went to Lavan. And he said, Lavan, why did you do this to me? I wanted Rachel and you knew that. Why did you trick me? The Medrash Rabbah says he turned to her and said, you are a liar, the daughter of a liar. That's what Yaakovinu said to Leah. Last night I called you Rachel and you answered me. Now I call you Leah and you answer me. What's going on? So Leah answered, there is no student without a teacher. Your father called you Asav, and you answered him. So I assumed that that's the idea. You later called you Yaakov. You answered him as well. You responded again. She had clearly been saying that she had learned this trick to lie and say you're someone else from Yaakovinu himself. Because of these words, the Medrash says, you ready? Because of these words, the Medrash says, Yaakov hated her. And that's what the Pesach means when it says, Vayar Hashem Kisnua Leah. Hashem saw that Leah was hated. I mean, th- that's just an ouch. This is, this is a crazy medrash. That's how the Avos and the Imos talk to each other? You liar! Son of a liar! Daughter of a liar! Oh yeah, well who did I learn it from? <laughs> you have those guys in the background, you know that meme with all those guys, like, ah! <laughs> like going around. What, that was what was going on? Like, th- this cannot be. That's not the way people talk. There's no way people would talk to each other. And at the end, what does that mean? Did Yaakov Avinu really hate Leah? Does that make any sense to anyone? I know the Pusik says it. I know. But there are so many Pesukim that the Midrashim come along and tell us that's not what it meant, that's not what it seems. It's really something else entirely. There's no way there was real hatred here. So what's the message? So I'm going to give you three basic ideas. First, a small one from Chaim Knievsky and Kol Mishal Osecha. Even though Rivka was in Avia and told Yaakov to lie, that's not comparable to Lavan telling Leah to lie. Lavan is not Rivka Yimenu. Right? So how in the world could Leah compare that and say, well, you lied so I can lie? No, no, no. I lied because the Gdola Hador told me to lie. You lied because a liar told you to lie. How is that comparable? It's possible. Nonetheless, Yaakov Avinu proved that Litzorech, you're allowed to lie. And that's the Hatter she took for herself. Right? When you need to lie for a certain reason, that Hatter was brought down by Rivka Yimenu, therefore I took the Hatter for myself. I didn't want to marry Esav, I wanted to marry you, so I did what I could in order to marry you. That's the idea. You need it Litzorech, you're allowed to lie for it. That's what Chaim Knievsky says was her line back. That Vodis Yisrael, it's also in the Sfas MS Tufresh Mem Zion, who quote, who says it, and then quotes it from the Sefer Avodis Yisrael. He says, I didn't know it was in Avodis Yisrael, but I came up with this myself. He says, when Yaakov told his father he was Esav, it was 
wasn't a lie. Those who, we went through this last week on Wednesday, on uh, Thursday, I'm sorry, but we went through it. It wasn't a lie. When you, when Yaakov Avinu bought the rights to the firstborn status, he bought the rights to Bahor, he took on the job of Esav. He is Esav. This is not Yaakov Avinu pretending to be Esav. Yaakov Avinu is Esav. I am Esav, your Bahor was not a lie. I am Esav, your Bahor. There is no Esav anymore. He doesn't matter. I bought his firstborn rights. I didn't trade with him. I bought it off him. And therefore, I am Esav and I am Yaakov. It's all part of me. Leah said the same thing to Yaakov. Look, why wasn't it a lie when you told Yitzchak who you were? When you said to Yitzchak, you know, I'm Esav. Why is that not a lie? Because you were. You were Esav. You literally are Esav. Well, if you're Esav, guess who's supposed to marry Esav? Leah. So Leah said, I'm yours. I'm your wife. If you took on Esav, you took on every part of Esav. You didn't just get the Bechor status and the Bracha and everything. You got everything that came with it. And that includes me. So therefore, I am your wife. That's it. And that's really what she was telling him. I wasn't tricking you at all. I'm your wife. Like Rachel is supposed to marry Yaakov, yet Leah is supposed to marry Esav. Therefore, I am your wife. The only problem that I have with this, that's a Sfasamis, the only problem I have with this is the wording is a little bit weird. Because again, Yaakov Avinu saying that he's Esav is true. But Leah saying that she's Rachel is not true. Leah saying, I deserve to marry you because you're Esav is true. But Leah saying, I am Rachel, that's not correct. But Yaakov saying, I am Esav would be correct. That's the only problem that I have with that. That's the Sfas Amos. So years ago, yeah. So. What? Is the exact wording similar to... Anochi Esav we know, and we don't know, but the Medrash says that he called out to her and said, I called out Rachel and you answered. Uh, right? So that's that. That's all I got. But I don't have exact answer of she said Anochi Rachel, you know, Ishtacha. I don't know that. Yeah. When did Leo learn about uh, this whole, uh, him calling himself Esav? What, how did she know or when did she know? Look, I... I have no idea if these things were known. I, you always can give the answer of they all had Ruch HaKodesh in some way. Maybe this is just what their Malachim were saying and not actually them. But in Pshat, I don't know if Yaakov was keeping this a secret. It may have been well known. That might be. I'm sorry? It's been a long time. 14 years and seven. Yeah, it's been 21 years since then. Yeah. I would assume maybe it got around. Although she might not have been born at the time. But yeah, yeah, it's possible. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Asa probably did tell people. Yeah, all these things. So I, I don't think it was unknown. I don't think it was unknown. Now, now we get to the answer that I, I absolutely love. So this is an answer that was first told to me by Ravelli 11. There's no question that it's based on that Svasemis. He usually based all of his thoughts on the Svasemis. He told to me on a Friday night in Parshas Vayetze in 2002. Okay, so if you want to bring yourself back, it was the Roshiva of a yeshiva called Shari Tvuna. It was a yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael. I don't think it exists anymore, unfortunately, but he is a tremendous tzaddik, and he taught me a lot about different midrashim. Here's what he says over here. answers this question by explaining the following idea. Yaakov could have gone directly to his father and told him who he was and why he was there when he was getting the brachos. He could have said straight out, look, you gave the brachos and the bachorah to Esav. Originally, Esav was the bachor, but I bought it from him, and he doesn't deserve it. And the reason why I deserve it is X, Y, and Z. The reason why Esav doesn't deserve it is Z, Y, and X. I don't know, whatever. You could have done that, and that wouldn't have been a problem whatsoever. However, he also knew 
that the Satan is often mekatrig, that means he accuses on brachos that are given directly from one person to the other. Yaakov, by the command of Rivka Imenu, it said, it was unbelievable, therefore lied and said he was Esav to receive these brachos in a roundabout manner, removing the kitrug of the Satan. Because the Satan looks at it and he's like, I don't even need to accuse this. This is ridiculous. Yaakov lied in order to receive a bracha. He doesn't deserve the brachos. So the Satan doesn't even bother to accuse and therefore everything good comes from it. It's the same basic idea behind why Mashiach has to come in such a strange fashion from relationships that seem to be somewhat off. Like Lot and his two daughters. Like Yehuda and Tamar. Like David Amelech and Bathsheba. Where Mashiach comes in such a strange fashion because Kitrugim, accusations and accusers don't come in when something else looks off. The Sultan says, I don't have to get involved. There's no way Mashiach is coming from that. Not realizing the awesomeness of the people involved in the act. Leah told Yaakov, she knew she was never going to be the chosen wife because she was supposed to marry Esav, right? But she also knew that there is a concept of lying, L'shem Shemayim, which she had learned from Yaakov claiming that he was Esav because that was the way to get the brachos through a way of getting around the Satan. And that would be the best way to get her own bracha. What was her own bracha? To have children that were going to be extremely successful in life. And that was the trick, and I'm using air quotes here, that was the trick that she learned from the master. She had a teacher in this. And that's why she said she was someone that she wasn't. Because she knew that's the way you're successful. That if I do it straight and I marry Yaakovina, which could have happened, that Yaakovina and Leah would have had children, but the children would have had kitrugim on them. They would have had accusations on them. But by going around, so to speak, you're getting around this satan, then you'll be fine. And she was right. Her children included Ruvain, who was the true Bechor. He never lost the Bechor status. Yes, he lost the double portion of Eretz but that's Roy, not Muxuk. Ruvain was always the Bechor, even after he moved around Billah's bed. The first words after he moves around Billah's bed is Ruvain Bechor Yisrael. He kept that Bechor status and would have been the Levi if not for other things that were there. You have Levi who have all the Levim and the Quanim coming from them. You have Yehuda, the king, and Yisachar and Zvulun. The Yisachar-Zvulun relationship is the greatest relationship the world has. All of those are Leah's kids. It looked so bad. This Sutton wasn't Mekatrik. She even named her kid after this. See, maybe my husband will love me. Oh, my husband will hear about it and love me. Maybe my husband will be with me in Levi. Each one of them had that small, small accusation which allowed them to be as successful as they were. They were tremendous children. And again, we can't make these ideas. You are not allowed to sin L'shem Shemayim. That is an Avera that's called Lishma, and that's not an option for people like us. But people of the highest caliber, people who are on unbelievable levels, who understand what these things are, like a Rivka Imenu, a Yaakov Avinu, and a Leah, all three of them have the ability to make that decision and allow that to be. And once she realized, she told Yaakov what her plan was, why I did it this way, who did I learn this from? I learned it from you, Yaakov. You did this in order to get the brachos in a roundabout way to get rid of the satan. I'm doing this in a roundabout way to have unbelievably successful children. Yaakov said, Maskim, Maskim, I hear you. And Yaakov hated Leah. Chas v'shalom, Yaakov never hated Leah. Yaakov, who showed that face, made the satan think that there was a 
There was a hatred between the two of them. But really, there was an unbelievable love, an undeniable love that Yaakov Avinu had for Leah. He's buried with Leah. His rest of his life, Rachel Aminu was there for a few years. But after those years, altogether, maybe 13 years, maybe 14, Rachel's gone, and the rest of Yaakovinu's life is spent with Leah. We don't even know when Leah passed away. She might have gone down to Mitzrayim. She's there for the rest of his life. It's shown on the outsides that it would continue. And that's what it means by the Ene Leah Rakos. Says the Medrash, Leah Rakos, that her eyes were soft. Matnoseha Aruchos. Her gifts were long. Her gifts were larger and larger because she continued to cry. She continued to knock out the Satan. And therefore, all of the gifts given to her children were lasting. She was given permission to do great things because of this plan. In Kabbalistic terms, this is what they say. Rachel Imenu represents the Alma de Isgalia, the revealed world where everything is clear and everything makes sense. And you have one thing after the other. That's Rachel's world. Leah's world is Alma de Iskasia. It's all hidden. Nobody understands it. You don't get that world. It's a world where things happen and you're not involved. Leah could not be seen from the outside. Her plan couldn't be seen from the outside and couldn't be comprehended by people who didn't understand the inner workings of Hashem. Yet she, not Rachel, had the Kahuna, Bechor, Levia, and Malchus all come from her, aside from Yisachar Zvulin, so we see that she was unbelievably successful. That's the basic idea behind the Medrash, and I apologize if I'm not saying it over as well as my Rebbe said it, but that's the basic idea, and it's a crazy explanation of the Medrash. Yeah, what do you got? Shai, sorry, I'm, what? Sutton is never confused, but it's the same thing in not blowing a shofar on Erev Rosh Hashanah. There's an idea behind it in which the Sutton sees something and he has to make decisions. Is this an accusatory offense or is it not? And when things look bad, he has other things to accuse as opposed to this. He doesn't get involved because it already looks bad. And that's how things can go under the radar and get around what the Sutton can do. Sutton has his rules and his plans and how he works in a Kaddish Baruch Hu's world and those things he doesn't get involved with. That's, that's what it means by this. There are certain things that can go underneath his radar. It's not that he can't. It's that he won't. Because his job is to look at the here and now and not worry about those other things. Again, there is a way to get beyond the radar. And me and you will never be able to know what that is. And we'll think we're going underneath the radar and the Sutton's like sitting there like, I know you're there. And it'll just shoot us down. Right? But they knew how to get under the radar and this was it. This was, I'm making it sound so simple, but obviously it's not simple. Yeah, Shlomo. Yeah, yes, that's it. Exactly the idea that Leah made it look like and Yaakov made it look like in every which way in which they could see, they could be seen from the outside, from the Satan, that that would be that way. There's something that a Kaddish Baruch Hu saw that Snua Leah would be the greatest plan for success. If Snua Leah works, then everything's going to be fine. I don't even know, honestly, I don't even know if they did show that face to the outside people. They probably still act all, you know, like we love each other in front of other people. But Hashem saw that this plan that they had was going to be the best way to trick the Satan. Whatever they did, they did it. They did it that way. Okay, there's more. Obviously, this is problematic. I think somebody mentioned it before. He intended to marry Rachel, not Leah. Would the original marriage work if he didn't know who it was? If you're planning on marrying a certain person, guys, you go into the club and you say, she's got a veil made from, I don't know, a wall. She's got a little wall in front of her. You say, you're planning on marrying some woman. And it ends up being somebody else entirely. Does that work? 
your mind was not on that on this woman, your mind was on that woman. So does that work or does it not work over here? So the Chizkuni says, when he later realized it was Leah, he was then bol her L'shem Kedushin. He was together with her L'shem Kedushin and that validated their marriage. Before Matan Torah, that's for sure okay. But according to that answer, that means the first time they were together, it was a biaznos. It was together in an immoral fashion. He didn't know but it wasn't a marriage because she was the wrong person. That's the idea that Chizkuni says over here. The Moshe of Zikinim says he may not have been together with her that first night because he was afraid. Maybe it's Rachel, maybe it's not. He may have held himself back and waited for the morning. And in the morning when he saw her, right, he realized it was the wrong person. When he realized she was going to be embarrassed, he was bowler L'Shem Kiddushin later, and he did marry her, However, his original plan was, I'm not going to be together. So when he first was together with her, he knew who she was. That's the Moshev Zikanim's answer. Then why ask, why accuse her? I'm sorry? Why accuse her he didn't. Oh, you're going to the Medrash? Again, Medrash versus Pshat. If we're dealing with Pshat, right? That's the idea. Third, the Riva says, because he wasn't sure, he made the Kedushin al-Tanai. He made it conditional. If it's Rachel, then the Kedushin should be for Rachel. And if it's not, it should be for who this person was. He was planning on marrying this girl, but he was not sure who it was, and he couldn't be sure of it. And therefore, since it was a chance, it would be a Kedushin Tos, a mistake, he married her on that condition. Those are three answers to how the Kedushin worked. However, there's another issue over here. An issue is called Ben Temura. This is brought up in two different Gemaras and Shas. A Ben Temura is a child of a relationship where the husband or the wife are thinking about somebody else. When a child is born from a relationship where the husband is thinking about another woman or the woman is thinking about another man, the child is not a mamzer, because we can't prove that, but the child is a Ben Temura. And a Ben Tamura is not good. There are nine different categories. A Ben Tamura is one of them. That's something that's not good for anybody. So isn't Ruvain a Ben Tamura? Ruvain was when they were together, seemingly the first night. Rachel was the mindset of Yaakovinu. In the end, it was Leah. Isn't that enough to make him into a Ben Tamura? So the Muggin of Rum actually asked this in Orachayim Simen Reish Mem and says it wasn't because the issue was like this. If you're together with someone, you should be thinking about them. That's only a problem when you're together with someone and you're thinking about someone else. Yaakov intended to be with this person who he married and not with somebody else, even though we thought it was Rachel, but this person is who his intention was for. And therefore, it's okay, that's not a Ben Tamura, because he wasn't thinking about, it's pardon for me being a little crude, but Rachel's body, he was thinking of this person, and not anybody else. And therefore, the Bia did not cause a Ben Tamura. That's the answer of the Magen Avram. The Otsar Plos Torah brings a few answers. The Raivin and Bali Nefeshar Kedusha says, it could be they weren't Makbid on this before the Torah was given. That's second answer. Or, she didn't become pregnant from that first time that they were together. The problem with that second answer, that they didn't become pregnant, is that Ruvain's Bracha, by Yaakovin, does anybody remember the beginning of Ruvain's Bracha? He says, Rashis Oni. Kohi and Rashis Oni. You are the first of my koach, the first of my children. Sounds like the first time that Yaakov and Leah were together caused her to become pregnant. The Be'er Basada suggests that Yaakov was together with Leah that first night, and again, crude a little bit, but wasn't Mazria. 
He didn't do anything. He proves from Yavamas Ayin Vav that Yaakovinu was an Ish Mitsunin Beteva. That means naturally it was very difficult for him to do something while that act is happening. And he needed a lot more to warm himself up. Perhaps he knew there was going to be a problem and purposely didn't, wasn't Mazria. And he caused himself to break the Basulin and yet not be Mazria, even though he was Bolher. All he did was make sure the basulim was gone so they would become pregnant the second time. And he did that on purpose because he didn't want any Zerah to go to waste. When he did realize that it was Leah and he was together with her the next time, the first time that he was Mazria caused Ruvain to be born. So Ruvain was Kochi Voracious Oni. But there was a Bia without Zerah before that happened. And it's a little crude. I don't want to go into that. But regardless, it could be the same exact answer as the Bechor Shor itself. The Chidah says in Midbar Kedmos, Mareches Reish Ostes, that the Iker is really the mother. If her thoughts are Kadosh, then the child will be Kadosh. And if not, then the child won't be. It has nothing to do with the, what the guy was thinking about. And therefore, Yaakov thinking that it was somebody else is not a problem. That's what the Chidah says. But in the... Either way, why would Leah have done this? What was her thought process? And it seems the consensus of everyone, everyone, Rishonim, Achronim, is Kibudav. She was honoring Lavan, and that's a chiv of non-Jews by Svarah. Or Aryeh, Rechaim, Knievsky, there's a bunch of others that talk about this. Maybe the measure above helps us understand it better than Rebelli 11, why she did this with the Sutton, etc. There's a party, Yosef, at the very end that might explain something, but either way. All right, I don't have that much time. I only have nine minutes, so give me some time over here. We got a lot over here. So I'm just going to go through really, really quickly. Um, I'm actually going to skip the Orachayim HaKadosh, right? There's a bunch of things over here about Lamarimi Sunny. When he said to Lavan, why did you trick me? It's something that's very interesting, but you can look up that Orachayim HaKadosh yourself. It's a long, long Orachayim HaKadosh. Now, it seems, the Rokach says, that the reason why he was so upset at Leah is because it was a, me- a typical Mechatos. You could just return the item and say that the sale never happened. But you can't do that by marriage. Marriage can't can't work that way. You can't really take it back. And it seems really bad on the person. And that's why Yaakov said, Why did you trick me this way? Why did you get about this way? That's going to be the biggest issue. And that's the idea behind what was going to happen. The law Omer says, Yaakov wanted to keep the entire Torah like his parents did. And he thought that he had already been Makadish Rachel after his years of work. Even though normally he can't be Makadish with a milva, with a loan. And that's what it would have been after seven years of work itself. And that only applies at the very, very end. He may have thought that before Matan Torah is different or marrying Leah would now be... And if he did that, then marrying Leah would be a problem of Achos Ishto. And that was his issue. And that's why Lovin answered, Lo came bim komenu. There wasn't a Kiddushin through the original Milva. That's the Malo Omer and it goes through. Okay, here's the idea behind it. The Alshech has something crazy here. Yaakovina went up to Lovin and said, why do you do this? You know what Lovin answered? Lo came bim komenu. We don't do this in this place. You know what's the problem? He said Lovin over to Yaakov, look, dude, I, I would have given you Leah normally. I would have given you Rachel and then Leah. But the city wouldn't let me. You hear this? Lovan's like, I couldn't do it because of the city. They would have killed me. We have a rule in this city. And the older girl has to get married first. I wasn't allowed to do it, right? I wasn't allowed to do it. There was nothing I could do. There's no need to embarrass me by divorcing Leah. Just marry Ruchel next week. I'm not going to hold her back for you for seven years. I'll let you marry her next week. And then you'll work another seven years for her. But I had no choice. The city wouldn't let me. What did you want me to do? That's a crazy line. That's the Alshech right over there. Yeah. Divorce. 
Again, if we work with the kavanas that we had before, again, you can answer that question. If you didn't have the kavanas that we had before, then of course it's a real kedushin. Again, it depends on what his mashabo is. If the mashabo was there, then yeah, it would have been. Again, if the kavana was whoever the person is, then it would be a real marriage, which means they would need a divorce. Yeah. Again, you can answer that. Come on, Shlomo. You could have answered that. What do you... I, I don't understand. Are you asking if it's a mekartos? It's not a mekartos. He might have had kavana to marry her mamish. So love and sayings, you'll have to divorce. And that'll be embarrassing, so don't do it. If it's a mekartos, then there wouldn't be any kavana in the first place. Again, it depends on what his kavana was. So that's why it says divorce. Okay, the Ksav Sofer says Yaakov asked this because he wasn't sure if Lovin was trying to trick him or Rachel decided to do it on her own. You know, maybe she got cold feet. Yaakov didn't know. The next morning he gets up and he sees it's Leah. Was it Rachel decided to do this? Or you love him? And that's why he said to him, and therefore he said both of those things. He said, I don't understand what just happened. Why did you trick me? The first thing was, was this you or Rachel? And when Lovin says it was me. So he said, so why did you trick me? Why would you trick me? Why would you go about that? And therefore there's two answers. And Lovin's answer was both there. But Yaakovinu still wasn't sure. Maybe Lovin was covering for Rachel. And really, Rachel Imenu didn't want in on the marriage. See, even though Lovin offered her hand in marriage later on, Yaakov was still not sure. Is that because Lovin's forcing her to marry me? Or maybe Rachel doesn't want to marry me. He never was sure. And that's why a little bit later on it says, Vayav gam es Rachel mileya. You could read that as, he loved Rachel also, but not as much as he loved Leah. And then later on, it seemed he loved Rachel over Leah. And the answer is, maybe at first he mamish had no idea. It could be that at first he mamish had no idea if Rachel Emenu wanted to marry him or not. So he loved Leah. And he also loved Rachel, but not as much as he loved Leah. As time went on, then he realized that Rachel did want into the marriage. It was entirely love on, and that's when he loved Rachel. That's a crazy Ksav Sofer. Now, Rav Wolfson says that Yaakov had a plan here. It's in Parshat Chai Sar, pages 68 to 69. I will tell you that this is one of the crazier plans you've ever heard. We know that Achos Yishto is Aser. When is Achos Yishto Mutter? When are you allowed to marry the sister of your wife? What happens? If? Not Yibum. Achos Yishto, when are you allowed to marry the sister of your wife? When is that Mutter? If she dies. If your wife, Chas Shalom passes away, then you're allowed to marry the sister of the wife. What was the first thing that Yaakovinu saw when he met Rachel? What's the first thing he saw and he saw in his dream? You guys got it. What was the first thing he saw? He started crying over it. They weren't going to be buried together. Which means Rachel I mean, was going to die a lot earlier. You know what Yaakovinu's plan was? I'm going to marry Rachel. And we'll have children. And then after Rachel passes away, I'll marry Leah. I'm going to marry Leah. I know I'm Esav, he would say. I got both. I have Rachel's side, I've got Leah's side. I have no problem doing that. I can marry both sides. I have absolutely no, no problem with that whatsoever. But I have to worry about Achos Ishto. So I'm not going to marry them in my lifetime. I'll, if I marry Leah first, I'll never be able to marry Rachel because Leah is going to outlive Rachel. So I'll marry Rachel first, have the children with her, and then afterward marry Leah. When Lovin tricked him, he said, Oh my gosh, Lovin, why'd you do that? I was planning on marrying Leah, but I didn't want to marry her first. And that was the answer that he gave, right? That Lovin gave up. We don't do that here. We don't marry the youngest before the oldest, and that's that. And really what Lovin was trying to do is to trick Yaakov into being over on this Isser. Yaakov comes back after all those years, comes back and he says to Esau, Im Lovan Garti, what's the next words, guys? Im Lovan Garti, Taliag Mitzos Shamarti, I kept 613 Mitzos. I'm pretty sure one of the 613 is Achos Pretty sure. 
How is he, how is he not over on that? To say that, oh, but there's no Akhosisho, because they had different mothers, or Gershon Iskar Katan Shnola dummy, or that's only in Eretz Yisrael, or whatever answer you want to give. How is he able to say, Taryag Shmitzvos Shomarti? No, you didn't. You were over on Akhosisho. His plan was to do that. He was tricked, and something happened in another way. It could be that this entire session was a massive trick on Lovan's part. And that's why, right, we say, Arami Ovidavi. The Lovan Arami tricked my father into marrying Leah early by Yerid Mitzrayimah. And that ended up getting them all to go down to Mitzrayim. That brought them into the wrong way. That's the idea behind it. It messed up Yaakov Inu's entire plan. There's a Chido over here as well that talks about this. But very quickly, do you know what the Simanim were? We already set up above the Dazakanim says the three mitzvahs designated for women, Hafrasha Schala, Nida, and Adlaka Saner. That's what they discussed and those were the Simanim itself. Seda Ladarach says the Simanim are a foolish and bracious Rabbah and that was Tofes and Plach Shtika. I have no idea what he means. I, I think he might mean what the Dasakanim is saying, but I looked up the Bracious Rabbah. I didn't see anything specific there. It says that Rachel was Tophis and Plachshika. It sounds like she was silent, and that was the simon. I'm not sure exactly what Selah means. He's obviously gone. I'm just not sure. Yalka Ruveni says there are three Sorim Gedolim of the Sitra Achra that cause a person to run after Taiva. And those three Sitra, those three things are right over here. You can look at it right here. The right ear, the right thumb, and the right big toe. It's super interesting. But that's what the Yalka Ruveni brings. He also says the Chidah in the name of his grandfather, the Chesed Lavram. And those were the Simonim. You can look it up yourself right over there. The Ben Yoyada in Yavamis. Daflam Adalim Nalf says the Simon was to take out the Basulin by hand so that she would be able to have children the first time they were together. Rachel and Leibo did so. That was the Simon. And the fifth Simon is the Pardes Yosef quoting the Rashi Bissaman who says something crazy which answers the question above how Leah was able to lie and Yaakov was fooled, etc. The Simon, <laughs> hear this, ready? Was for Rachel to claim that she was Leah. Yaakov said to Rachel, all right, look, if Leah comes in that night, you know what she's going to do? She's going to come in and she's going to say, I'm Rachel. So here's what I want you to do. When you come in that night, I want you to say, I'm Leah. That's the simon. Right? So what did Rachel do to tell Leah? Rachel went up to Leah and said, when you go in, say who you are. And Leah's like, but. And Rachel's like, just say who you are. So Leah came in. And Yaakov said, who are you? And she said, I'm Leah. He said, are you sure you're Leah? You're not Rachel? And she said, I'm Leah. Right? And he said, all right, great. And then everything was perfectly fine. He wakes up in the morning, Vine, he Leah. It was Leah the whole time. And he's like, what? What was that? She's like, I didn't lie. The entire time, I didn't lie. I said I was Leah. And that was, a, that was the simon. The simon was for her to lie and say that she was Leah, right? And Leah didn't lie. Because she said exactly who she was. That's probably the greatest Rosh Hashanah I've ever seen before in my life. And the party Yosef says that. I like that answer tremendously. Because that, that brings down all the answers. That, you don't have to worry about anything. All right, we'll stop with that, guys. Have a great Shabbos. Okay, yeah, what's the question?